Welcome to a healthy bite. You're one nibble closer to a more satisfying way of life, a healthier you, and bite-sized bits of healthy motivation. Now let's dig in on the dish with Rebecca Huff. Hey, it's Rebecca, and today I am here with David Essel. David is a best-selling author and a life coach for how many years now? Oh my, well, a counselor and a life coach for 30 years now, Rebecca. 30 years. I have to tell you that every morning I ask Alexa to start my day. And Alexa tells me the weather and how long my commute will be and what's on my calendar. And she plays me a song. And then, David, you know what she does next? What's that? (laughs) She reads me a motivational message from someone. (laughs) (laughs) Rebecca, you know what's mind-blowing is that, first of all, not everyone in the world knows that Alexa offers this incredible, you know, services. I mean, Alexa offers so many services, right? Right. So, about maybe three months ago, my personal assistant, Mary Lou, contacted me and said, hey, I was just talking to your business coach, and there's this great opportunity to be one of the first motivational speakers on Alexa. And I, I said, what are you talking about? She goes, there's no one there yet. Like this is three months ago. She goes, you can own it. You can basically be the motivational speaker. So we have had so much fun because, you know, in the morning we just go, Alexa, play my news. And there is, and then she says, coming up is David Essel's motivational minute. So, and it's free, Rebecca, right? I know. I love it. So first she does read NPR before you, but she, she gives me your message and it, it's always spot on. So I think um, maybe in the show notes, we need to include some instructions on how other people can sign up and have Alexa start their day with a motivational message, because that's what my start my day is all about. I have her tell me things that every, every routine that Alexa starts for me starts with this phrase, isn't this the best day ever? Or today's going to be the best day ever. Or right before I go to bed, she says, wasn't this the best day ever? (laughs) (laughs) I love it. (laughs) So, I mean, because you can program Alexa to do what you want her to basically. So I think between your motivational message and her having my best day ever in there, it just always gets me started on a positive note, which I know you're all about positivity, right? That's one of your big keys. Yeah. As a matter of fact, we, you know, we believe that the the way you think and how you think and your self-talk is, you know, responsible for 20 now it's not huge but it's in it's incredible it's responsible for 20% of our success now then you say well what's the 80% responsible for life change making major changes in life and that is your daily action you know what you choose to do on a daily basis that's different than what you've done yesterday in order to change your life is the main key but like you We have all of our clients from around the world, the first hour, minimal 30 minutes, but what we ask is the first hour of every day should be set aside simply for your positive mindset. Listening to David Essel on Alexa is a great tip, (laughs) Rebecca, but also are we journaling? You know, are we writing about our gratitude? Are we writing about our challenges? Are we meditating? Are, you know, are we reading other inspirational information and messages? Because we think, we believe in our work how you start your day is the most crucial moment of your entire 24 hours. If you get up and you're lamenting the fact that you've got to go to work, you're lamenting the fact you got to go to the gym, well, that just makes the whole day a drag. So we say before you leave your house, before you put on Instagram, Facebook, the news, the weather, the all that other kind of nonsense, 
Put time into your mind. Use that as an opportunity to grow that soil. Put the plants in, water it, watch it grow. But please don't get wrapped up into social media or media or television of any type. Or email. Right, or email or texting until you've done your self-care work. I can't agree more with that. And actually, I think, yes, I do. Because um, we... A lot of people talk about this, you know, thankful journaling and gratitude journals and everything. And, and when I first started doing that, I found it very overwhelming because I was going through a period of time in my life where it was hard to think of one thing to be grateful for. And I had my partner, she, um, my business partner, she was thinking of like five to 10 things she was thankful for. And I was like, Jamie, I can't do that. I can only think of one thing. I'll commit to one thing. And so I found this five-year journal. I was in China and I found this five-year journal. And so I just write down, but now I've worked up to three things and she does this at night, but I decided to do it in the morning because I thought if I start my day off being thankful, there's more of a chance that I'm going to spend the day on that positive note. So I do it in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. I really think it's best. Now we have clients that are not morning people. They never have been. They never will be. They're not going to get up early to do a full 30 minutes or 45 minutes. As a matter of fact, I have a, a nurse um, who's got to be to work. You know, they do 12 hour shifts and she's got to be to work at some God awful hour in the morning. And she said, David, I'm never going to do this 30 minute or one hour. So we got her in a 10 minute preparation program for her mind. You know, we have the, the motivational minute, 60 seconds, right? Mm -hmm. And then she does two yoga poses and she holds them each for 60 seconds. So that's three minutes. And then she reads one or two quotes and that's about up to five minutes. And then she does some deep breathing for 60 seconds. In other words, in a 10 minute span, we have her, Rebecca doing like seven different things. And she tells me every week during our session, you're not going to believe the changes again. You know, like I, I'm not, I'm not racing. And this was a big thing for her. You know, even just 10 minutes earlier, I don't feel like I'm racing out of the house. I don't think, I don't feel like I'm racing to, to punch the time clock. I don't feel like I'm racing anymore. In other words, she still is busy getting ready, mm -hmm. going to work, but her mind is shifted. And so she's going into the day in a calmer attitude, Rebecca, which many of us could really benefit from. That's amazing. I, I love that. And I think, you know, when the way we start our day really does set the mood for the whole day. And I love what you're saying about the 20%. So, and I, I think of it I always, I guess it's a kind of a half full, half empty glass kind of thing. But I'm thinking if you don't put that 20%, you're 20% less likely to, you know, <laughs> That's right. you know, so I'm Absolutely. thinking, Hey, I need that extra 20%. Um, yeah. So yeah, thank you for that motivational message. And I think a lot of people probably um, are going to sign up for that after they yeah. hear about it because it's, I think it's great. It's a great way to start your day. But David, you've been working with people to help them release judgment and stereotypes against others for a long time. And I know that that's part of what inspired you to write the book, Catherine Cat Calloway, which I want you to tell me a little about. But yeah. first, can you tell us a little about the story? I don't want to do, you know, have any spoilers or anything, but the story about the young man at the high school, the one you sat down with um, at graduation, you know, when you were going to give your speech, you write about it in the foreword of the book. Can you tell us a little bit about that? You know, Rebecca, I just started to get very emotional. It's, it's amazing. You know, just you mentioning him again, it, it was such a life turning event for me. Um, 
that I had to do something more than just experience it myself. I had to share it with the world. And how I wrote the book was that I flipped it and I made it two little girls. Um, but what happened was myself and this young man and, you know, our world is filled with immense judgment. And, you know, what's going on in our country today is pretty sickening, quite frankly. Um, the divisiveness, you know, everyone is divided onto one side or the other, the hate, the, the, the physical violence, um, and the judgment of, of people with, with, of color of skin or a judgment of a person because of their religion or a judgment of a person because of what country they came from. You know, it's all quite sickening. And it goes totally against what we believe we are when we say we're compassionate, loving Americans or just human beings in general. So I go to this event and it was a high school graduation. I was a keynote speaker. I've been doing this for 40 years now as a speaker. And so it's something I love. You know, I don't care if I'm speaking to two kids. I don't care if I'm speaking to 10,000 at a major convention or a high school graduation. I love to speak. You know, I just have so much fun doing it. So this, a very large school invited me in. And I think there, oh God, there had to be a graduating class of 809. I mean, huge, massive uh, senior class. So we met in this hotel ballroom and there were all these tables for their breakfast. And we had kids, about 10 to 15 kids at every table. And it was just a cavern. It was so big. So I'm going around and I've got a half an hour, 40 minutes before I'm going to speak. So I'm going around and I'm sitting at every table and I'm just going, so what are your dreams and what do you guys want to do and what's going on? And I'm, you know, just having a blast and getting to know the kids. And as I'm walking around, I see to the far side, one table that has 10 or 15 chairs, but there's only one child sitting at it. And I go, wow, that's really weird. Well, I'm going to work my way over there. So I eventually got there and, and his head was down and he was eating his breakfast. And so I pulled out a chair and I said, hey, I go, my name's David. I'm going to be speaking today. What's your name? And there was no answer. And I said, hey, do you mind if I sit down and hang out with you for a few minutes? I'd like to talk to you. And again, there was no answer. So I said, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I only have five minutes, but I'm going to sit down and I'm going to talk for both of us because I thought I could get him to react and, you know, maybe smirk, smile, something, no answer. So I did exactly that. And I said, well, let me tell you a little bit about myself. You know, I've been speaking for this long and I'm here. My message today is going to be about A, B, C, D, E. I said, now I have a question for you. What are your passions in life? What are you really good at? What do you, I mean, you're graduating, you're a senior. This is it. This is the graduation ceremony. Like, have you ever thought about taking your passions and making them into a career. So question number one for you is what are your passions? And two is, have you ever thought about having a career in that? And all of a sudden his head moved. And Rebecca, the next thing I see is, is he's slowly bringing it up. And when it comes to eye level, my heart just was crushed. He had the worst acne. I've, I mean, it was dripping. The oil was literally dripping down his chin, down his neck. It was the, and, and the, the pockets of, of acne were so engorged and massive as it was almost disfiguring. It was that bad, you know? And, and then he had this contraption in his mouth. that was like braces times a million. It was, I mean, his lips couldn't cover the metal, you know? And I am now just like, you know, I can feel it like it, like it, it, I'm right, uh, you know, it's like I'm right there. It's so powerful. And, and so he looked at me and, and I stared at him and, and my eyes were just filled with compassion. And he said, no one in my life has ever asked me about me. No one in my life has ever asked me what my, what my passions are. Oh, you're killing me. 
It's, you know, it's so incredibly powerful to. Yeah. That story really got me. Yeah. You know, it still does. Mm-hmm. You know, it still does. And, and, and then he went on to, and I said, well, I, I want to know. You know, I really want to know. And he said, for four years, I have been part of our local ambulance crew. And I've gone out and I've helped save babies that were drowning and hold an elderly man out of a car missing a leg after an accident. And he said, David, my, my passion is in helping people who are in trouble. And yes, I'm going full time. I'm going to an, uh, a junior college to get a degree. And then I'm going on to be a full-time paramedic. And, you know, Rebecca, I mean, it's... Got you right in the feels. Really grabs me. And it still does. And so, you know, I said, I, I, I just was in awe, you know, and I go, oh my God, I am so glad I've had a chance to talk to you. Your passion is beautiful. You know, like you have more going on in your future than any other child I've talked to in this room. Like, I want you to know that. Just incredible. So then all of a sudden behind me, I hear, is David Essel here? We can't find <laughs> David Essel. You know? <laughs> Oops, that's what I'm here for. I know, I go, oh my God. I looked at the kid and I go, I love talking to you, but I forgot I'm here to go speak. And, then, <laughs> and you know, afterwards, the prince, or one of the vice princes came up and said, we were looking for 15 minutes for you, you know? And like, wow. I'm so engrossed in this kid. And, and, you know, and afterwards we had bought, brought hundreds of books and I was signing and giving books away to all these kids. And I wanted to see this kid so badly. And I, and as the, the line was getting lower, I said to a teacher, Do you, did you see me talking to that boy in the corner? And she said, yeah. She said, he's had a really hard life. I said, I had a great connection with him. Can you find him? I want to make sure that, you know, he has a book. And, and she said, David, he, he always does this. He left immediately after you were done speaking. He, he doesn't socialize. He doesn't know how. He never has. And so I, I don't know what happened. To him, you know, and I pray to God that he's still doing the work that he loves. But I went home, Rebecca, and you know, I'd never written a children's book before. And one of my assistants, who I have told stories to her little girls for years, you know, she said to me one day, "You know, when are you going to write a kids' book? You write all these other books." When you, and I said, I, "I'm not a children's book writer." And the day I came home from that experience changed me. And I said, I "Something I'm, in you that you didn't know was in there yet." <laughs> Absolutely, Rebecca. And, you know, so I, I started to write a children's book. It's called The Real Life Adventures of Catherine Cat Calloway the First. And, um, you know, and in hers, it's an elementary school setting. Uh, it's all, and the subtitle is The New Kid in School. And Catherine Cat Calloway is the most famous girl in the school. Everyone loves her. She's gifted, talented, beautiful. And she comes into the lunchroom. And guess what? there's a child who looks different than everyone else, just like the young man I met sitting by herself at the table. She has no friends. No one will talk to her. She looks very different than everyone else. And Cat Calloway has to make a decision. You know, do I go and sit with all the kids calling my name or do I sit with the lonely little girl sitting by herself at the table? And, you know, it, it, it's a, an, a powerful message about helping children to learn the power of acceptance, non-judgment, 
inclusion versus exclusion. And it's all these things that we as adults struggle with. And my thought process was, well, if we write this for kids, and I tra I've traveled now to over 60 elementary schools reading you know, the book and, and, and constantly are, are talking about it on the press, is that if we can teach kids to do what we're not doing, which is just the truth, you know, I mean, I, I, I'm just calling ourselves out as adults. I mean, we just really have lost so much in this country in regards to compassion, acceptance, love. And so let's go to the children. They're the future. Let's go and let's impress upon them the importance that that child's name and his religion has nothing to do with him being a good or a bad person. That little girl that's 200 pounds overweight, that has nothing to do with her being a good or a bad person. That child with outrageous acne or the one without the leg or the one that with, with, with only an ear or whatever it might be, you know, the one in the wheelchair for God's sake, right? It's like we want to include. So the book is about what would happen if we started to include these outcasts, right? These people that are different than us. And, and the end of the, of, the, of the book is mind-blowingly gorgeous, because she makes a decision and the end result is everyone in the school benefits. And, and, and you know, I, I love the message and I have to be honest with you, I had no idea in talking about this young gentleman that I would go to that deep space of emotion. Like mm -hmm. Rebecca today, you know, I had no idea that that would ever occur. But what that signals to me is that I have work to do, you know, because it's something that's really important and I have to keep getting this message out of accepting others. And then I have to do it myself. You know, I have to look at the homeless in the eyes, which is what I ask everyone to do. You know, I, I, I'm a minister and I was preaching um, a few days ago at a church doing my sermon and I was talking about the homeless and a different book I had written um, called Rockstar, Finding God's Purpose for Your Life. And that book was given to me by a homeless man. Wow. I mean, you know, when I started to, and this is what I said during the sermon, I said, when I started looking in the homeless eyes, they became human. Isn't that fascinating? Now, they were human yes. before, when I averted right. them. When I, when I would cross the street, they were still human, mm -hmm. but I didn't see them as human. But when I started looking at them in the eyes, when I started saying good morning, when I started saying hi, when I started treating them like humans, they became freaking humans. That's how powerful <laughs> That's how powerful it is when you start yeah. to change your perspective on life. And this other book that I mentioned, Rockstar, there was a homeless guy, Mark, and he was extremely addicted to drugs and alcohol. He never remembered we talked. We talked on a regular basis. Not far from a house I lived in, I, I would run a certain a route that there was a lot of homeless people that happened to congregate. Mark would come out of the bushes and, you know, he'd say, oh, excuse me, sir, I know you just got done writing, but you have $2, you know, and I would look at him and go, Mark, good to see you. And he'd go, have we met? Fifty <laughs> first yes. dates. I know. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, <laughs> Rebecca. You know, I said, Mark, I go, yeah, every week we meet, you know, but, but anyway, um, I, you know, I, I, he asked for a couple dollars. I gave him some money and then he said to me, you know, I can't take this without giving you something in return. You know, that's a very compassionate statement from a homeless person who's an alcoholic and a, and a drug addict. You know, like, see, this is what I'm saying, Rebecca. There are humans underneath the skin of those people that we judge so harshly. Definitely. And, and so I gave him the money and he said, I can't take anything. And he started going through his knapsack. And I said, Mark, I go, whatever's in there, you need a lot more than I do. Okay, so keep <laughs> 
Keep your knapsack, bro. But he said, no, 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 no. He said, he goes, if you gave me a dollar, I could walk away, but you gave me more than a dollar. So I've got to give you something in return. And I said, Mark, why don't we do this? I said, I'm going to bless that money and you use it for your highest good. And let's call it even. And he said, no, no, I've got to think of something to give you. And then all of a sudden, Rebecca, he said this, he goes, I'll tell you what, I can make up stories like that. How about if I make up a story? And I said, great. He gave me the, the outline of a story that was so powerful, I turned it into a book. Wow. And I gave him credit for it. I never saw Mark again. Wow. I never saw him again, but we released the book. It went number one. Um, I mean, and it was from a homeless freaking guy, right? That's, that's amazing. I love that story. Well, when I was reading through some of your material, I noticed it, there was some things that really caught my eye, but you posed a really thought-provoking question. Um, you said, what would our world look like if we began to have more compassion, acceptance, and love from people who don't look or act as we do? And that is kind of what I like to imagine as well. I mean, my kids are, I have six kids if you don't know, but um they're different. My boys are very unique and you're talking about a lot of these outward appearance differences, but they're diff they're different on the inside. So, um, that's my thing. I, I would love to imagine a world where, you know, everyone, there was love and acceptance between people. And, um, so it made me wonder, cause you have so much experience. What can we do as parents to bring this closer to reality? You know, how old are your children, Rebecca? Well, uh, my oldest is 27 and then 23 and then 21, 19, 13, and 11. I have to think about it more and more. I bet, I bet you do. Boy, you bet a busy mama. Yeah. <laughs> Everything is top down. Starts, starts with me. Everything starts with you. Everything is top down. We cannot expect our children to be more accepting and loving of others if we're not showing them that we are. It's not talking about it. You know, it's not, it's not saying, let's start loving each other more. Let's accept the homeless guy on the, on the street. Let's, it's not talking. It's, you know, like, let, let's say that you're in the car with a couple of your kids and you see homeless people on the corner and you pull over and say, hey, I'm going to, to a subway shop or a sandwich shop to get us food. Would you like something? You know, like that, now they're human and, and you can give money and I'm not saying don't give money, but as a role model for your children, you know, that would be an example of top down, you know, like we're going to go and we're going to do this or going to a soup kitchen and volunteering and serving food. Um, you know, like, like actually getting actively involved as a parent is the most powerful thing you can do for your children versus talking about virtues and, and great characteristics. I mean, that doesn't usually work very well. Now, because some of your kids are older, they may be able to pick up on your words. But even at that age, they may really pick up on what you do versus what you say. So if you had a family outing, this may sound very bizarre, but if you had a family outing to a homeless shelter where, or, or a soup kitchen where you said, hey, guess what, gang? All of us are going Saturday from noon to four, and we're just going to do what we can. You know, like that would be a way to start showing that I am in this world to learn how to accept others. And, and I'm going to say this, Rebecca, you know, for a long time, I did not accept the homeless and I crossed the street and I never looked in their eyes because I didn't want, I, I was embarrassed. 
Uh, I didn't, I didn't want to be panhandled. I didn't want to be talked to by them. I didn't want to be quote unquote attacked by them. You know, it's like a lot of nonsensical things go into our head, our belief systems about different types of people. And it's the same thing with black, if you're white or Muslim, if you're a Christian or whatever, you know, it's like, come on gang, you know, we, we, we really got to get it together, but it is all top down. Now, have you and, and, and your, your children, have you ever done anything? Yeah, like- I was just about to give myself a pat on the back. Good, um, good. So here locally, we have a um, rescue mission. It's Knoxville Area Rescue Mission. And since we've lived here, I've put together um, a team for a fundraiser that they do. It's called, uh, it's a dragon boat festival. And all of the proceeds go to help the homeless. They shelter and feed a lot of homeless people in this area. So I've put together fundraisers for that, which it's also a lot of fun to row a dragon boat. Even if you get to just be the drummer, no matter what you do, it's fun. So we've done that as a on a regular, I take my teenagers to the rescue mission to serve meals. We've worked with um, a company here locally that does volunteer work. They have all kinds of different programs and it's for people who um, come to America and they need help learning to shop, you know, how to read labels and do all of that kind of stuff. So, and my adult children do these things on their own. So I am, I'm going to give myself a little pat on the back. That's awesome. See, you're (laughs) way ahead of the game. You and your family are really way ahead of the game. And, and you should pay, pay yourself in the back because 98% of Americans aren't doing what you're doing. And we all can, you know, there, there's, there's no limitation other than a belief system and a stereotype in our brain that says that, you know, well, that, you know, they're dirty, they're nasty or this or that. And, and the other thing is I always say to people before I started to work with the homeless and talk to them and get to know them, I was fear-based. You know, and, and, I, and I'm a pretty big, strong guy and I'm fear-based, you know, and I'm going, my God. So I can imagine what women feel like. But the wild thing is the odds of getting attacked by a homeless person are probably about yeah. the same of getting struck, struck by lightning. You know? Right. Yeah. Well, we have a unique situation here in Knoxville area where there's a lot of um, people from other countries that have come here. And I actually have a friend who's from Ukraine and she actually volunteers to teach English as a second language to other people, which is mind blowing to me that she comes here. (laughs) English isn't even her first language and she does that. I'm so proud to be her friend. And then we have another person who came here um, and he started up, he actually started out. You may have even seen this. He was on good morning America. Uh, He came here and he was selling these um, falafel sandwiches outside of a mosque and, and people were like lining up to get his falafel sandwiches. And so, Someone helped him start his restaurant and he started selling falafels and people would come. And so he has signs up, you know, everyone's welcome here, all races, all genders, everyone. And so he helps homeless people. He gives them jobs now. He's now has two locations. He was voted, his restaurant was voted the happiest place in America. It's Yasin's Falafel House. So if you ever come to Knoxville, I'll have to take you for a falafel or a gyro. They're wow. Absolutely delicious. But what's what's amazing is uh, is this person who comes to America with this great attitude and he's doing just what you're saying. He's volunteering. He's helping out homeless people. He's doing his part in the community that he's a part of. He comes here and he assimilates and and he does all this good stuff. So it, it to me what you're saying about how few people actually volunteer. I think it's um 
it's a little embarrassing to me that people come from other countries and they put this much back into the community. And then you see some other people who aren't willing to do that. It's, it's, it kind of hurts my heart a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and it's, you know, in my opinion, I could be wrong. I was wrong once in 74 and I'll never <laughs> think so. Well, you don't I, have to admit it. <laughs> but, you know, I, I think the purpose of our existence is joy and happiness, not just for ourselves, but others. You know, I really do believe that's why we're here. I don't think it's that complicated. It's like, what's the purpose of life? It's pretty easy. Find your pathway, get happy, help other people get happy, go to heaven or wherever you go after you die. I don't know where you go. I don't think anyone really knows. We believe in certain things, but I don't know if anyone really knows. But I, I really think that's the purpose, you know. It, it, we, we need to be using the gifts that we've been given, the, the talents we've been given, the time we've been given, the money we've been given. And if we don't have money, we sure have time and talent. You know, that, that that's really the purpose of our existence. So all of the work that we do, Rebecca, and I'm just so proud of you for the work that you're doing, my God, is to help people get to that next level. You know, we, we um, and it's not all about money. You know, we, we just released yeah. uh, eight online video courses on motivation and they, they average around $2.95, okay? So what we decided to do is come out with all these online courses for people that either don't want to spend much money or don't have very much money that you can still get educated and inspired that, you know, it, life isn't just about making money. I think money is an important part of life. But if we can reach a million more people by having online courses at $2.00, versus having them at $97, which we used to do. My God, years ago, our online courses were $500 or they were $300 or they were $100. We had nothing less than that. And then, of course, I've learned over the years about what my role is on this earth and what I'm doing. And every time I learn something more, we decrease the price, you know, and then Aww. we give <laughs> And, and Rebecca, it's just like the Alexa thing, you know, and we give a ton of motivational information away for free. Mm -hmm. you know? And I noticed you have quite a few videos on your YouTube channel. Oh God. I think we have like 1400 free videos, you know, There's and so much information there. I know. And again, it's about giving. It's about serving. You know, with we even took off, you know, on YouTube videos, you can do the thing where, where ads run. And, and me, as a video creator, I can make money off of the ads running on my own videos. Well, we decided a couple years ago to delete all that. So we don't make money now off of the videos, you know? And so there's no ads in my videos that are our ads, you know? We, right. we just say, no, we're not going to play that game. We just want people to get the information. And if I make less money on an annual basis, that's fine. As long as more people can be affected positively. That's really our mission. Wow. I love your heart. And, and I think that's great. I mean, I watched several of your YouTube videos and I, and I think there's a lot of really good information there. Thank so I, I, I do know that YouTube still goes ahead and puts a little ad on our videos, even if we don't make money off of them, but you know, we can skip those ads. So <laughs> yeah. And that's what I tell people all the time. You know, I say, just skip it, just hit skip as soon as yeah. you can and, and get to the, the meat of the work. Right. Yeah. Well, I want to jump to another topic before we run out of time. I had read, I, I think it was a blog post or something that you had on your website and you were um, mentioning four important keys that women must learn and practice to be powerful and independent. My mom always says that I was born um, declaring my independence. And so I thought this was really good because I, I feel like these are 
Excellent. Your four keys that you mentioned were really good. And I thought maybe you could elaborate on your four keys a little bit. So first you said, learn to say no, learn some self-defense and not just a three-day course on the weekend. Mm -hmm. uh, learn to budget money and stop comparing yourself. Stop comparing yourself to other women. I loved that. You know, let's start with number four, okay? Stop comparing yourself. Um, you know, we, for 30 years as a counselor and a coach, probably 50% of my work is in the world of codependency, relationships, love, et cetera. And, you know, all my female clients that I've worked with in the past or even currently that are single and looking for relationships, they have a tendency to compare themselves with Instagram photo models and all of, you know, and Facebook photo models and all this kind of stuff. And, and it's really brutal for women. Okay. Listen, men have their own crap. You know, men, the, 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 the thing with men that get the pressure with is to make money. You know, guys, their self-esteem and self-confidence can be low if, if they're not making, you know, a lot of money. Let's just leave it at that. Women can lose confidence and self-esteem when comparing their bodies, their faces and everything else to other women. And what I share with women is I say, listen to this. Let's look at the truth. Number one, all of the glamorous models that you're seeing right now that you're comparing yourself with are using tons of, of different um, filters on their phones or on the cameras. The lighting is perfect. They've got freaking photographers taking these pictures for the most part. It's very unrealistic. As a matter of fact, you know, I've worked with many Playboy models in the past um, within their personal issues, you know, as a counselor. So their boyfriend issues or money issues or whatever. And I've met a ton of them. And I will tell you, and they'll say the first thing, when I come in, and, and I remember going to Los Angeles to do work with several of them. And they said, look, at, we're coming in without makeup. We're not going to be stylized. You probably won't recognize us. And they were right. <laughs> and they, and Rebecca, it was true. Uh -huh. I, I I had no idea who they were, you know, and seriously, I mean, I knew who they were because they had scheduled sessions right. with me, but when they walked in the door, it was that radically different. So, you know, the, one of the most important things for women to do in order to have high self-esteem and confidence is to not compare yourself. That doesn't mean stop improving yourself. Right. You know, if you need to change your body, change it. If you need to change your approach to money, change it. If you, but, but do not compare. And, and if that means, like, get off social media for a couple of weeks, Unfollow. a month. Unfollow. Why are you following exactly. all those models anyways? <laughs> exactly. You know, now, if you can use those models as inspiration and, and they get you excited and looking at those pictures going, yeah, I can't wait to look just like that's a different story. Let's go but, to the gym. Yeah, right. Exactly. But the way most people, most women that I work with is that, oh, my God, you know, she's so lucky or genetics or blah, 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 whatever. And the other thing I will tell you is that you got to be careful about this genetic talk because genetics is very rarely a part of anyone's deal when it comes to really looking amazing. You know, like there, there, a lot of these women that I know that are models work their butt off in the gym. They eat super clean. I'm not talking about super skinny women that don't eat at all. Um, but women that, you know, are, have really nice physiques or nice bodies is that most of them have to work their butt off for it. Okay. So there are some that are genetically blessed. Absolutely. But that's not the majority. So let's get a word of comparing ourselves to others. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and honestly, I think that's probably one of the most important things in year four, but I did like the learn to say no and the other ones too. But I, I think so many women are so hard on themselves. And that comparison thing can, I mean, social media or anywhere else. But yeah, I think social media has perpetuates a lot of uh, negative self-talk. 
Yeah, it, it's brutal. And when we talk about the self-defense and that, and I mentioned, you know, like, just don't go to a, you know, a Saturday self-defense class and think you're going to be able yeah. Um, and, you know, what's funny is that on my YouTube video, the one we talked about this, too, um, there's a guy that teaches women a boxing, self-defense, and everything else. And, and underneath the video, he wrote, spot on, if you, if you apply one to two days a week, every week to practice these skills, you'll be prepared if you need to know how to defend yourself. But going once isn't going to do a darn thing. You know, so, so I think that's really important. Mm -hmm. um, saying no is crucial. You know, I, we, we teach a, our most popular course in regards to relationships is called codependency kills. And a lot of people don't understand codependency, but in a nutshell, what it means is, is that we're afraid to rock the boat. We're afraid to be critiqued, to be rejected, to be judged, to be criticized. We crave people to love us. We crave people to accept us. We crave people to like us. We crave people to validate us. Like in other words, we want so much, everyone just to love us, that we will say yes when we should say no to many events. Mm -hmm. and, you know, like there, there's a, a woman I'm working with right now who I'm helping her to shatter her codependency. And every week on the phone, we do an exercise. And one of the exercises is she has to write down all the times during the week she says yes to people when she should have said no. Wow. And it is powerful. You want to talk you want to talk about a wake up call Rebecca, right? Uh -huh. Like oh my god, and now because we've worked 4 weeks together, she's starting that list is getting shorter. But when we first started, it was she was saying yes to lunch when she had a project due at 4 o'clock, but she didn't want to let her best friend down. Yes to going out to, for drinks on Saturday when she's trying to stop drinking. You know, and, and, and the list went on and on and on. And so learning to say no is a very powerful tool that women can benefit from dramatically. Yeah, I'm going to put that in my toolbox for some of my girlfriends that can't say no. I think that's a really good point and a, a good practice for a lot yeah. of us women who have struggled because I think a lot of us who want to be independent and powerful women think that we have to do everything and we have to take advantage of every opportunity that comes in front of us so that we can succeed. And, you know, I mean, there has to be a cutoff point somewhere or else yeah. what's the point of being successful and powerful if you can't <laughs> ever have a minute of enjoyment in your life? Exactly. Yeah. And this means saying no to family members. Okay. It means saying no to your partner. It means mm -hmm. saying no to your best friends. It means saying no to clients. You know, it's, I mean, it's across the board. We can't always say yes to family members and burn ourselves out. So there are, you know, there are times we just have to say, Hey, you know, thanks so much, sis or brother or mom or dad for inviting us over this weekend, but we're just overwhelmed. I need the right. downtime. Yeah, I want to, but unfortunately, that's not going to work out for me right now. I mean, there's a polite way to say no. So I exactly. think, you know, women, as women, we definitely need to learn that skill. Mm -hmm. Well, it's been great talking to you. But before I let you go, I have to ask, David, you have gorgeous skin. What do you do to take care of it? <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> Are you an esthetician? No, but my daughter is. <laughs> I was just going to say, how did you know that? Oh, my gosh. He actually works at a Five Diamond um, resort in Ponte Vedra, Florida, so, but I won't mention the name of it. But, yeah, oh, go ahead amazing get, skin. Go ahead and give works, her a plug. <laughs> uh, yeah, she, it's Ponte Vedra Resort and Spa. My daughter, Macy, works there. But um, you do. You have amazing skin. What do you do? Well, I, I, here, here's the one I'm going to tell you. I think the greatest secret that I can share with you is hydration. Yes. 
I drink gallons of water a day, Rebecca. And I really think that that, so that's number one is hydration. You know, too many of us don't drink enough water and it affects the skin. Number two is this. Okay. In 1980, my first dermatologist that I went to, I said to him, and in 1980, I, you know, I was doing a ton of television back then. And I said, I go, I don't even know if any of your listeners were alive in 1980, but um, you know, I, sa I said to him, I go, hey, I'm, I'm in the media. I'm going to be doing television long term. I was modeling back then and I really want my skin. Okay. Yeah. And I said that I don't want my, you know, the, my skin to age. And I, I was and back then Retin-A was very pop popular. Wow. Um, I don't even know if it's still popular, but it, it was very popular back then. And he looked at me and he said, I'll tell you what I'm going to tell you. He said, save your money. Use an SPF sunscreen every night before you go to bed of 30. And your skin will stay younger for the rest of your life. Before now, you go to bed? Before you go to bed. Wow. Is, that, is that amazing? And I've been doing that, Rebecca, ever since 1980, what, almost 40 years now. Um, and, I, and those are the two things, you know, that, that I believe have the best effect on my skin is I hydrate the heck out of myself and then every night I slather on sunscreen when I go to bed. It's kind of strange. Wow. I'll tell you, our principles really align. Um, if you happen to go to that organic mom today um, on the blog, I actually just published um, a post today that is six healthy habits that will make you stunningly beautiful. And you nailed it because that's number, I think that's number six or five. Um, the other one, one of the other ones was getting a um, practicing good sleep hygiene, but Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think hydrating. The whole post was about the fact that you don't need all of these, you know, beauty products or, you know, co cosmetics to be beautiful. You yeah. can be stunningly beautiful naturally. And honestly think, you know, confidence, a beautiful smile. When you look at people in the eye and you have a, a sincere smile, hydrating and sleep are some of the best things you can do to be naturally beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. I so perfect. Thank you. <laughs> uh, it's funny that w this is, well, of course this will come out, you know, a couple of weeks after this blog post, but I do think it's kind of funny that our, uh, our principles for beauty have aligned because you have great skin. So if you're listening to this on the podcast, people, you're going to want to hop over to YouTube and um, watch this interview instead because David has great skin. So good job yourself. You know, it's so funny. There's, there's only one other person that's ever said I have great skin and it was an esthetician. Um, and, and I, I think I got one facial in my life. I've only had one facial in my life. And she looked at, I was, I was laying down and she said, God, I'm almost afraid to touch it. And I said, touch what? <laughs> I swear to God, I go touch what? And she goes, your face. And I said, why? Now this was, you know, 25 years ago. And she goes, because your skin is so, uh, what'd you say? Um, what's a word uh, that, that not rosy, but. Um, it's just glowing. Glowing. That was it. She said, your skin is just glowing. You know, like. Radiant. I, I, yeah. I, radiant. I don't even know if I want to touch it. I said, ah, go ahead. You know, touch it. It's yeah, your job. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for being on here today. So where can people find you? Yeah, it's really easy, Rebecca. The website is so easy to remember. It's talkdavid.com, T-A-L-K David, Talk David, just like we're doing right now, talkdavid.com. They can sign up for, we've got a ton of free stuff. We have a free meditation audio, uh, a, a motivational audio. We've got, of course, you know, what you're listening to on Alexa, the motivational minute, 
Um, it, we are going to start rolling that out to people in our email list as well. Oh, so, I'm on your email list. So. Are you? Okay. Mm -hmm. So in two weeks, we're going to start, and we've been using right now something that's called David Essel's um, Daily Motivational Boost. And that's about four minutes long, a video every day that we send out. But we're switching that in a week and a half um, or so to the Motivational Minute. So you'll be getting the minute on Alexa, and you may get the minute in your email as well. Nice. Yeah. Right. So, so talkdavid.com, just go and enjoy the site. And there's a tons of free stuff for, to pick you up and to give you a great attitude. And again, your book is? Yeah, The Real Life Adventures of Catherine Cat Calloway the First. That, that's on the website. You can go and take a look at it. And, and then we have a direct uh, link to Amazon where they have like the inside the book and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. But, but it's easy to find the kids' book at talkdavid.com. And, and, you know, if, if you have children or if you have grandchildren, um, the book is K through three. That's who it was written for, kindergarten through third grade. Every school teacher needs this book. But you know what? I was just going to say that, Rebecca. We're, we are getting emails in from eighth grade teachers, junior high, high school teachers saying that they read the book and they're sharing it with their big kids. Right. Which I thought was cool. I do too. Yeah. David, thank you so much for being on here. I've just so much enjoyed talking to you. I could ask you a million questions, but this is a, supposed to be a healthy bite. So it's supposed to be easily digestible. So we can't go on for hours and hours, but it's just been wonderful talking to you. Thank you so much. I've enjoyed it thoroughly, Rebecca, and I hope you have a beautiful day. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Please write and review so other people can learn about this podcast. Find out more about sleep, hygiene, eating healthy, tasty recipes, zero-waste lifestyle, and lots more on thatorganicmom.com. Help us spread the word. Be blessed and stay healthy.